Gobble, gobble, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. 11 months of inane, and we're still here. Not canceled yet. <laughs> Got a lot to talk about today, and I know everyone's getting ready for Turkey Day, so I'm going to try to keep this short, as short as I can. I had a lot of fun last week, but I hope I didn't take it too far. I know there are two things that can set people off sometimes, politics and religion. And I didn't mean to talk religion, but sometimes I think that some religions are more like belonging to a cult, like the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientologists, stuff like that. Although Scientology, it's, that's, that's not really a religion, is it? L. Ron Hubbard, wasn't he, he, he was a guy that he wrote, uh, he was a science fiction author. You know, all these spaceships and shit. And you had Tom Cruise running around saying and doing crazy shit, jumping on couches. I was talking with my friend Nick this week, and we both agreed that if there's a religion that you'd have a hard time arguing with, it's Buddhism. In, in Buddhism, they just ask that you be, you know, be, and that's it. Don't hurt people. Don't hurt animals, meaning don't eat them. Live as clean a life as you can without malice. Just exist. And what's wrong with that? And for the second week in a row, as I'm recording this podcast, a jury is deliberating on another case involving someone being killed with a gun by another person. Last week, it was Kyle Rittenhouse. I'll get to that shit show in a minute. This week, it's Ahmad Arbery, an even more vital case, which, should the defendants be found not guilty, is sure to incite protests and riots. And I said last week that the Rittenhouse trial could go either way. This one, these three guys are obviously racist rednecks, absolutely should be found guilty. At least Travis McMichael, the guy who shot the kid, even though his father was the one running the show. So I think it's going to be two guilty and then one guilty of lesser charges or just found not guilty. And I'm going to say I'm sorry if a verdict has already been has already come down before you hear any of this, as I think it might. This jury said yesterday that uh, they were close and wanted to push through today. So, you know, this jury, they, they wanted to work through the end of the day today. They didn't want to leave early before the holiday, which leads me to believe they're going to, it's going to come down. Because I followed this case closely when it first happened. You know, I thought it was one of the most egregious crimes I've seen in a while. I mean, 2020 got off to a roaring start, didn't it? Three good old boys in Georgia chasing a young black teenage boy in the streets of a quiet neighborhood town in their pickup trucks with red, the, uh, the rebel flag decals all over the place, chased him down. This poor kid looked like a trapped rat. Then one of them, Travis McMichael, he gets out of the truck with a shotgun, comes at the kid with it. The kid has no choice but to try to keep the muzzle of the gun away from him for fear of being shot. So he grabs the gun and, and McMichael shoots the kid dead. I believe in the judicial system, as long as the jury's fair and balanced. Two of the few times I thought it failed us was when those cops got off for beating Rodney King and when O.J. walked free after having murdered his wife and that poor kid who was just bringing her glasses back to her. Based on the evidence that I saw in the case and the absolutely shitty job one of the defense attorneys did, Goff, I think his name is, this guy was a clusterfuck of epic proportions. He looks and sounds like your grade-A bigot from the South. And he proved it 
He starts complaining to the judge that there were too many high-profile black pastors in the gallery, like Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton. He said some stupid shit like they were there to influence the jury. Like, hey, asshole, they're, they're there to support the family of this poor kid who was run down and gunned down, lynch mob style, in a white neighborhood simply because he went to check on this, this house that was being built in the neighborhood. And they have security camera footage showing tons of people going and checking on the place. Bunch of kids. He was the only black kid. So I guess it's okay to think he's stealing something because he's black, even though he didn't. But for the sake of this country, if they come out with a verdict today, I hope it's guilty. Because I don't want to see a riot breaking out at the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving. And if they're going to find these yohos not guilty, do it next week so everybody can prepare for the mayhem that's going to happen. But I feel for these jurors, man. Imagine being around all your family at the dinner table tomorrow and not being able to talk about the case at all if they haven't come to a decision. As you know, that's the first thing these jurors are going to be asked about over and over again. They can't say anything to anybody. They can't watch the news. They can't hang out on social media. As people are certainly going to be talking about this. Nothing. The only thing they can do is watch the Lions take their annual ass-kicking on Fox tomorrow. Because <laughs> I don't care who the Lions are playing on Thanksgiving. Even if it's a high school football team, they're going to lose. The big news from last week was that Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all five charges that were filed against him. And I'm not offering a personal opinion on this, because just like everything, it ends up being political. But I think you know where I stood on that entire case, if you heard me last week. And I was wrong in my prediction about protests. In Kenosha, they did protest peacefully, led by the black community, leaders there. However, there was some rioting in one city, Portland, Oregon of all places. They looted and broke shit. Lots of white color in those, <laughs> in those lootings. Just saying, kill two of ours? We'll take this opportunity to loot some more. Not in Wisconsin, though. In Portland, Oregon. Fucking idiots. That kid's life is never going to be the same. He faces civil lawsuits, obviously. And I don't know what they're going to get out of him. He doesn't have any money. I just wish gun violence would simply go away. And my stance on gun ownership has changed dramatically in the past couple of years. They seem to do more harm than they do good. Maybe this gets down to food, because that's always the defense. You can't make it harder for me to own a gun because I like to hunt. Yeah, okay. How often do you go hunting? And how much of what you kill makes up the total of all animal protein that you consume? Answer that honestly, then get back to me. We should be trading guns for shovels and do more gardening and farming instead of hoarding guns and killing animals which seems more and more unnecessary as time goes on. Like, I'm no vegan, but the more I eat plant-based, along with some, maybe some eggs and some fish, the less I see a need for firearms and bullets. But that becomes political, because everything gets that way. Food is one of the most political things I've ever known in my life. We don't need to hunt down animals for food. And don't give me the cost-effectiveness bullshit either. Hunting is expensive. Raise chickens, pigs, and cows on your property if you eat meat that much. Or just buy a shovel and grow your own food. Buy a chicken when you need it. Your heart will thank you. Maybe your mental health will improve in the process. 
Ask anyone who gardens what their mental state is like. Then ask a gun nut who gets off on killing animals and compare that. Speaking of food and vegetables, I met my buddy Jason for lunch last week in downtown Santa Ana, which has a high Latino population. If you want to eat great Mexican food, you go to Santa Ana. And it's no secret, I love Mexican food, especially street tacos. In fact, if you think you know Mexican food, you go into some of these restaurants, you're going to see and taste things that you would have no idea are part of that cuisine. I mean, they're doing farm-fresh, garden-based dishes with a gourmet twist. So you think, you know, like you're eating in a Michelin star restaurant and it's Mexican food. Anyway, so there was this restaurant that he'd heard it, you know, had some of the best tacos in Orange County. So I get there early, as I like to do, and I'm waiting for Jason out front. And as it tends to happen, whenever I get a glimpse of the sun, I sneeze a couple of times. And I'm not one of these assholes who just sprays everywhere. You know, I contained it. So there was this guy and his two friends are entering the restaurant. One of them turns to me and says, God bless you. I was shocked. This rarely ever happens to me with strangers. I say it to other people all the time, but I can't remember when someone that I didn't know said it to me. It was refreshing to realize that, you know, I was around these decent people. I just thought, leave it to Santa Ana. People are nice. The food is excellent. And it feels like a true Southern California city to me. I think it's one of the oldest towns in Orange County, if I'm not mistaken. Then I watched Michael Che's Netflix special last week. I liked it. It was laid back, just like Chappelle's specials have become. He sits on a stool and just talks. But he had to be extra cautious. You could tell he didn't want to get into any hot water. But I still found it funny. He said he likes to make fun of dark shit. Because he finds that more entertaining. He said, what's worse, making fun of something sad or making something sad out of something fun? Who would you rather hang out with? Someone who's going to make you laugh about the time you got molested? Or someone that tells you scrambled eggs are just chicken abortions? I was waiting for the shoe to drop on him because of this whole woke culture thing. I just find it ridiculous. People still can't take a joke. All people are trying to do is entertain people. And this woke crowd simply won't let it go. People aren't happy unless they've got something to be unhappy about. And that's why I'm glad this dumb show isn't on any top listings list. And why I don't promote it like I did with my life as a foodie. If it grows, great. But if it doesn't, no problem. Because if it got really big and got on one of these lists, I'd be getting hammered. Not that it would make any difference to me. I don't give a shit. But comedians like Chappelle and, and, and Che are, are trying to entertain people and make a living with it. It's easy for me. I'm just having fun here. If you don't like it, don't listen. But one of the funnier things that happened on our camping trip, Eric had never heard the word bukkake before. And he had no idea what it was. So as carefully as I could, I explained it. Explained what it meant and how it got to be such a punchline. Then Don reminded me it's actually a style of udon in Japan. In fact, he'd ordered it before and sent me a receipt from it, which I posted on Facebook. And I captioned it something like, uh, I, was like uh, I don't remember ordering that. I'll just have a salad. Anyway, once Eric knew what it meant, he couldn't stop saying it. He kept cracking us up. I actually used that term in a video I did once. I think I was making potato leek soup. Like you have to puree the soup after you cook it the leeks and the potatoes in a pot, and it has to be hot when you puree it. 
And I said, it's best not to try to puree the whole thing all at once. You do it in small batches and you have to keep a cloth over the top of the blender so the top doesn't pop off and spray hot potato soup all over the place. I think I said, unless you're into getting bukkakeed and like third degree burns all over your face, hold the top down. Then there was another night when I stayed up late after the guys had crawled into their tents to shoot some night photography. I think I was up for about an hour shooting photos. It was quiet and peaceful and dark, right? So I finish, put my gear away, climb into my tent, get into my sleeping bag, I turn my lantern off, and I laid down to get to sleep. I don't think I was laying there for five minutes, and I heard this low hooting noise outside of my tent. It wasn't like a hoot from an owl. It was more guttural. I'm like, what the hell is that? Never heard it before. The entire time that we were out there, we saw very little wildlife. Maybe a bird here or there, some jackrabbits. That was it. So I'm laying there listening. And now I start hearing these steps. First to the left, then to the right, then back to the left. Had no idea what this was. But I wasn't going to get out of my sleeping bag to find out. I just wanted this thing to go away so I could get to sleep. Then I hear it on the back side of my tent. Then it comes back around again. This thing was making circles around my tent. And it wasn't a big animal either. Very light steps. Eventually, I just nodded off and went to sleep. So sometime in the middle of the night, I got up to, uh, well, to look at the stars. <laughs> right? And uh, in the twilight, I can see three dark objects. It's about 12 feet from the entrance of my tent that I know weren't there when I went to bed. So I get up the next morning to shoot the sunrise, and I checked it out. Damn thing left three small turds out there. Whatever it was, saw my tent lit up by my lantern, got a little curious, like, what the hell is this thing? Why is it here? It wasn't here yesterday. So he marked his territory. <laughs> here, have these three turds as a gift and don't come back. Ah, that was a great time, man. All right, so it's holiday season, officially. And every year, people start talking about that 1940s classic, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and how it's considered rapey. So they've been trying to cancel this song. And don't worry, this is nothing new. This has been going on for like 10 years now. Anyway, I thought it would be fun to check the lyrics and see for ourselves. Is it indeed rapey? Is it a rapey song? Like Pepe Le Pew rapey? I mean, for a cartoon, that little skunk was sexual harassment on a platter. And for those of you unfamiliar with this song, it's from the movie Neptune's Daughter, which was released in 1949. I can't recall the actors' names, but... In the scene, this young woman's at this this guy's house having a drink, and it starts to really snow hard. So she says to the guy, look, I got to get going before we get snowed in here. They're not married, just having a casual drink, and this is the 40s, and women didn't spend the night at guys' houses. She still lives with her parents, but he insists that she stay and have more drinks. I wanted to play the original song, but man, they sang so fast back then, no breaks, And I need to analyze these lyrics. So starting and stopping, I tried this. It's just confusing. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to read the lyrics and we'll see for ourselves. Here we go. And I'm not going to sing this lame song either. You do not want to hear me sing. Trust me. You know that sound a female cat makes when two cats are screwing? Yeah, that's what I sound like. So I'm just going to read the lyrics. All right. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. Right? So far, so good. 
This evening has been, been hoping you drop in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, keeping his girl's hands warm. Chivalry is not dead. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace roar. All right, so now it's starting to sound like this guy wants to get laid. He doesn't give a shit if her parents are going to be up, you know, worried about her. So I'd really better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. I'll put some records on while I pour. Yeah, this dude's lubing her up for inhibition. The more she drinks, the more likely she is to let me have my way with her. Also, if she drinks enough, she can't drive home. (laughs) Drive? (laughs) The hell am I thinking? They treated women like property back then. Did they even allow women to drive in the 40s? Women were objects. They had no rights. They stayed home to do everything while the man worked. And she had to have dinner on the table when he got home. It was fucked up back then, man. The neighbors might think, baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? No cabs to be had out there. <laughs> All right, so now he's slipping roofies in the cocktail. He's, this is getting fucked up. And you think my mother sang along with this song every Christmas. He had no idea. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like starlight now. To break this spell, I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. You know, I tried that line once. Your hair looks swell. The girl left my apartment in record time. (laughs) It's like, who the fuck are you, Richie Cunningham? Your hair looks swell. Why, thank you. I ought to say no, 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 sir. Mind if I move in closer? At least I'm going to say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, it's cold outside. Ah, you're very pushy, you know. I'd like to think of it as opportunistic. I simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, You know, for one thing, none of this shit rhymes. Where'd this guy learn to write music? And this guy's really pushing it. You're very pushy. No, I'm opportunistic. Yeah, you're a rapist piece of shit who roofies drinks and blames inclement weather on why this chick can't go home. Asshole. The answer is no, but baby, it's cold outside. The welcome has been, how lucky you dropped in. (laughs) She said no. No means no. All right, she came right out and said no. That's the end of it. And now I'm starting to understand. You understand? Holy shit. So nice and warm. Look out the window at that storm. My sister will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look delicious. (laughs) Holy shit. It's getting kind of creepy, isn't it? What year was this? When did he write the song? Oh, 1944. Jesus Christ. Hitler wasn't even dead yet. Men dying in droves in Europe, throughout the Pacific, and this asshole's writing rape songs for Christmas? Ah, damn. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. My maiden aunt's mind is vicious. Gosh, your lips are delicious. (laughs) Dude, with the lips. (laughs) What the hell? Is your lips are delicious code for like, put them on my wee-wee? Dude, just come out and ask. Or don't. She wants to go home. She doesn't give a shit if it's cold outside. She's willing to walk home in a blizzard, risk hypothermia, or get mugged just to get away from your creepy ass. Well, maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a blizzard before. And I don't even smoke. 
I've got to get home. Baby, you'll freeze out there. Say, lend me your comb. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been grand. I feel when I touch your hand. But don't you see? How can you do this thing to me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of my lifelong sorrow. I said, dude, she's convinced that having sex with you is going to get out and she's going to be labeled the town whore because she let you liquor her up and have sex with you. What an asshole. Let her go home. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? At least there will be plenty implied if you caught pneumonia and died. I really can't stay. Get over that cold out. Baby, it's cold. Baby, it's cold outside. Okay, fine. Just another drink then. That took a lot of convincing. Wow. Dude puts in the work, talks her out of leaving. She had another drink. And baby, it's warm inside. I'll tell you where it's colder than outside. The waiting room at the abortion clinic. Put on your coat. Get the hell out of there. Fuck me. That song is rapey. I get it. This is like the theme song for every frat house at Florida State. Rapey as fuck. But you can't go canceling this stuff. Wait, the movie's 72 years old. Who's even watching this outside of elderly people? I did look the song up, though. John Legend did a version of this. I'd say, you know, maybe you could cancel that, but man, Legend is indeed a legend. That man's voice is butter. You can't cancel him. But I got to tell you, I've got to tip my hat to the women who listen to this insipid crap show that I do and in spite of my crude humor, continue to listen. God bless you all. And I'll mention you by name because it means so much to me. Sue, Sarah, Nancy, and once in a while, Angela, reluctantly. I hope you guys know, I'm just trying to be entertaining here. Back on January 1st, when I started this mess, I didn't intend for it to get this bad. I just wanted to do something that erased the horror of last year. But just like our dependence on gas and alcohol, I know I got a problem with frat humor. All right, I get it. I may as well go all the way or not at all. I'll do my best not to curse on the Christmas show because it is Jesus's birthday after all. But I can't make any promises. (laughs) Philly's got a potty mouth. I'm talking a lot about food on this one, but hey, it's Thanksgiving, right? It's the holiday designed for the cooks to shine. And people often ask me what my favorite things are to eat. And my answer is often not what they expect it to be because it's not all that impressive to hear. You know, for me... Good food is about really fresh ingredients, barely cooked if cooked at all, fresh pasta, some sticky rice or whatever, and then served. Like all of the holy shit moments that I've experienced when I've tried something new involved very few ingredients. Like Ludo served me lamb tartare and it turned my head inside out. That was carefully seasoned and emulsified fresh meat on a cracker. Just to give you an idea. It was more about a simple dish that was so pared down, it was refreshing that something so not involved, so not drowned in layers of spices and all these other ingredients, could shock me, could surprise me. Dawn made some meals like this while we were camping. Shredded cabbage, ground beef, onion salt. That was the dish. Guess what? It was belly warming, delicious. Eric, one morning, made uh, baby spinach leaves, sliced bell peppers, tossed in some chorizo, And uh, a couple eggs, phenomenal. Simple. When I was a kid, my mother made this dish. She called it a Swedish meat roll. There was nothing Swedish about it. 
was nothing more than thinly rolled bread or pizza dough stuffed with ground beef, sautéed with onions, salt and pepper, and you rolled it up and then she baked it. And my brother started making this dish. I think he covered it with an egg wash. It was simple, delicious, and it brought back a lot of memories for me as a kid. And this is a turn for me if you know my past, right? For the longest time, I was into trickery. Like I loved making these molecular gastronomy dishes that made you think you were eating one thing, but it ended up being another. But again, those were simple, three ingredients, right? Still simple, but the process was more involved. Now you can labor over process, but keep the ingredients simple. Don't futz around with layers of flavor all the time. And you can on some dishes, but not everything needs it. Like you get a decent mango, you you don't add sugar to that, right? Tzatziki is another one. Plain Greek yogurt, a splash of honey and lemon juice, and some Mediterranean herbs, done. It tastes so complex, you'd never know it was just yogurt with a few elements added in. So it's all about ingredients and restraint. And yes, I do cook some complicated shit. It requires planning, and there are a lot of steps involved. But these aren't the things that wow me as an eater. What wows me are things like fresh living butter lettuce, a simple vinaigrette, and some fresh goat cheese from the farmer's market. You throw in some cherry tomatoes that you grew in your backyard garden, I'll kiss you in the mouth. Fresh, simple, that's my jam. Those are my favorite things. Hell, I get off on fresh fruit. I had a honey crisp apple addiction some time ago. I had to stop. I was eating one a day for almost a full month. And that shit's expensive. A simple apple was all it took to make my day. So no, fancy food is fun, But if you want to know what makes my palate tick, simple food, barely cooked, as fresh as you can find it. That's me. And I know I might sound like I'm having some kind of Alice Waters moment here, but she did have a point. She was just a bitch about it. No one has the right to charge $18 for a fresh tomato drizzled with olive oil with some sea salt on it. Fresh? Yes, you nailed it. But you don't have a right to put a a rolling pin up my ass for the luxury of eating it. But around the holidays, all bets are off, man. This is when I get crazy and I forget everything I live by. I've been making ice cream this week, Katrina's side of our family, which inherited me, and I'm never letting them go. So I'm spending Thanksgiving with them, and then hopefully I can see Mark and and his family uh, later. I've always been the one to bring appetizers, right? Because... That's the tag that was put on me. It was the top of king. So this year, I requested they let me bring a side dish instead. So she says, okay, green vegetable dish. So I'm doing curried Brussels sprouts with a Thanksgiving twist. But I also wanted to bring this ice cream that I came up with last year. I call it Cinnaberry. It tastes like the holidays. I'm telling you, it really does. It's a, it's a base ice cream. Eggs, milk, heavy cream, sugar, a little vanilla bean. But when that's ready for the ice cream machine, I add prepared cranberries with a heavy dose of cinnamon to the mix. And that's, you know, it's easy to make uh, cranberries, right? One cup of sugar, one cup of water, three cups of fresh cranberries. And then I throw in three sticks of cinnamon. I let that boil for 10 minutes and then let it chill for 24 hours or longer. It's a nice balance of cranberries and cinnamon. And this ice cream is holiday perfect. So I'm going to be doing something a bit more involved later today when I'm done here because I I want it to be fancy, but it may not work out. I'm going to try to make cranberry bark for the top of it, 
which is a, basically it's the sugar solution that's left over from the cranberries with about a quarter cup of leftover cranberries. I'm going to puree that, you know, and then I'm going to pour it on a silicone sheet in my dehydrator. And I'll dehydrate that until it becomes kind of like a, a fruit roll-up. And if I can get it stiff enough, I'll cut it into pieces and I'll top the ice cream with that along with some pulverized candy cane dust. Who knows? It might end up like shit, but I'm willing to dick around with it. I've got the time today. Like, if you can't experiment with new things at Thanksgiving, when are you going to do it? By the way, best pre-Thanksgiving movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Hands down. Best movie to watch on Thanksgiving night? Come on, you guys know the answer to this. What is it? Correct. Christmas Vacation. I don't know when I'm going to be getting home tomorrow night, but I'll have that Blu-ray queued up. Katrina and I never missed doing that, and I haven't missed it since. In fact, I think I've now seen that movie more times than I've seen The Godfather. I mean, it's been a long time I've been watching that movie. All right, so look, I got to get in the kitchen. I wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends tomorrow. Don't eat too much. Enjoy football if you're so inclined. Have some good wine. I'll be raising my glass to all of you guys tomorrow. Friday, I'll be sitting in front of the television watching my Huskers get their asses kicked by Dave's Hawkeyes. But what's new? It's like an annual tradition now. So enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. Until next week, my name is Phil, and this has been Inane. Salute. Salute.